When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday, TGIF. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Big day today. We got earnings. We got a jobs number. A lot to talk about. Quick reminder, if you're in the YouTube chat, we turned on subscriber-only mode for Subscriber Friday. So if you want to play in the chat with us and drop us tickers for us to look at, just subscribe to Binzing on YouTube. That's all you got to do. It's that simple. All right, let's start the show. Let's bring on Joel, Dennis, and let's do our thing here. This is Pre-Market Prep with Joel Conan, Dennis Dick, and Spencer Israel. What's up, everybody? How are we doing this morning? Doing well. Is that a, is that a little Motown at the end of uh, that introduction? Or you, you don't know? Could be. Could be. Sounds like know. a little Aretha Franklin, maybe. Could be. Could be. Anyway, uh, good morning, guys. Good morning, Joel. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, everyone in chat. Um, I guess we just start off with the overall market here because it's. Uh, I I wrote all is quiet on the futures front because it is quiet, is it not, Joel? Yeah, chop and slop a decent range. We can talk about the part of the range that Dennis missed last night. Uh, but the S and P futures are up five handles, eighty seventy five. Your charts. Is that a song? I just made it. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. (laughs) I'm just so busy cracking up at your introduction. You just got so much energy. Anyways, uh, chop and slop up five handles. Let's take out yesterday's high. Let's get in a 4,600 handle and let's just forget about this week and forget about all the nonsense this market did by going down. Uh, crude, big rebound. We're six bucks off that low yesterday in the 62 handle, up a buck 79, 68.29. Gold in the green by 10 bucks at 17.73. Silver going to the same way, up uh to six cents at twenty two thirty eight. Bitcoin. Now I'm telling you, Dennis. I know you didn't like that chart yesterday. Boy, it's sleepy. I don't know. Is it time to do a little, you know, little straddle or strangle here? Fifty five to sixty. It's not going to stay here forever. Um, Ethereum still strong. That's up seventy six dollars and seventy five cents at forty six twenty. Still hanging on to half of that rebound in uh ethereum so triple d number one how you feeling not great i'm trying this has been a vicious cold i will get i hopefully get the test results for my covid test today uh they said probably later tonight because it's uh 20 usually 48 hour turnaround but they said they usually sometimes come sooner than that so uh, i'm four days now on this one i obviously took one day off and trying to fight it i'm obviously trading still but not feeling great fever yeah, it's a slight, but I haven't had a fever in 30 years, I'll tell you. Like, I never get a fever. So, congestion. Very congested. Achiness. Um, and just like aching and weak. Yeah, shivering, aching. all yeah. that stuff. Flu, flu. Um, but that's the signs of COVID, too. So that's why I went for the COVID test, and we'll see. But like I said, you know, it's been running through my family, my extended family, and none of them, when they went for the COVID test, had COVID. So I'm assuming it's just the same flu bug that they had. But 
just to be sure I wouldn't got the COVID test. So we'll find out later. Later. Yeah, I, um, I know I'm not a doctor, but I'm married to one, so I can make simple diagnoses. <laughs> and <laughs> I, that's definitely how it works. Yeah. Yeah, that's sure. how it works. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't. I just. I, it's a coin flip. It really is. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you, you were at that water park, right? And obviously you don't wear Yeah, I went to a hotel. A you can pick stuff yeah. up there. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm the person that's the first place I've really went, you know, public because I've obviously been scared of it. Camping and, trip. Yeah, but that's, that's outside. But I mean, the first, like I'm in a hotel, staying in a hotel for a few days with other people. You got to live, right? Like we've been, you know. I agree. In lockdown ourselves, basically for a year, trying obviously because you know my boy's got asthma, my daughter's got asthma. We've been trying to protect ourselves, but you can't just stay like that forever. So we were trying to live on the edge of it. And apparently, I got punished for it with at least a flu bug, and I hope it's not COVID. But you, we will find you, out. You got punished twice. You, you've gone away twice now. You would. You did the. And I got sick. On, I did. And you got sick both times. Yeah, I did. I got sick off of the uh, off. Well, the family mostly off of the camping trip too. Outside camping trip, oh, sick, man. crazy, eh? Hey, what are the odds? Well, <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, let's go to the the, the market here. Um, I guess we'll just start. Uh, I I know I know Joel's thoughts, but Dennis, uh, what are your thoughts on on yesterday's action? Uh, we had a little a little bit of a of a bounce. I mean, and we bounced right off the previous day's low in SPY. Bring up your SPY chart. I know Joel likes his S&P futures, but a lot of people just look at the SPY. I just look at the SPY because I don't want to pay the $700 a month for the S&P futures quotes. Yes, because I'm professional. They charge me a different rate, and that's what they want to charge me. So I'm like, screw it. Five years ago, I'll just use SPY. Um, 450.29, the lows from the previous two days. So those coincide perfectly perfectly with each other and we talk about when you don't breach the previous day's low those can be signs for turnaround i don't think it's coincidence that people started looking at that and then started buying you actually started with a little kathy rally early in the morning where the growth stock started to probably oversold started to rally that gave that back in the um later in the day and then uh, obviously they rotated into the value which we thought they might so stocks like general motors the value stocks where they had been working before those are the ones you want to buy on dips. That's what was working yesterday. So we saw a serious rally into value. I think the value rally continues. Wow. Yeah, that's not a very hot take because we we, we were, uh, you know, as we were saying at the close yesterday, it takes more than one day, right? For Yeah. For, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we're going to be choppy. The one thing I will say is this is not the market environment that you need to chase in. If you're coming out and you're chasing moves and you got to be in it and you're doing it backwards. This is not the market to chase. This is a fading market. What's that mean? Again, buying dips, selling rips, or selling short rips and buying dips. I mean, that has what is, has been working here. I think that trade continues. So if you're coming and you're buying now, we're going to get a big jobs number. Maybe it continues higher. It's good news for the market that SPY did not breach its previous day's low and bounced right off of that. And it was a broad-based rally. There were still some stocks like Zoom that just go down every single day no matter what. But there was a lot of stocks that really ripped higher. We talked Cleveland Cliffs on the show. That actually, yeah. that didn't have that. Some, but some of the commodity stocks, well, actually, I'm starting to look at a few. The oil stocks really, you know, had a nice bounce. <laughs> so I know I was looking. I went to Cleveland Cliffs. I was like, well, that was up, but it didn't really close yeah. up. And then I was yeah. going down U.S. Steel. Well, that didn't really either. And we got new core news this morning. So, I mean, I think you're buying value on dips. I think yeah. if, if, if you're so inclined to get in there, I think you got to stay away from all those growthy names, I think they still continue to not work. 
because they're simply all overvalued and this market is starting to care a little bit above value. It might go back. Like I'm not saying these stocks can't come back in a favor, but I don't see any signs that that is turning anytime soon. Yeah. What? Sorry, good, Joe. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, what was the culprit in? I mean, no, spoos are up and down and all around, but what what was the big negative catalyst yesterday in the market? Like the the hottest stock that had a negative catalyst. What stock was that? Apple. Apple. Do you see what Apple did? We did. We did. Yep. <laughs> yes, we there did. You go. They bought Look the dip that. on it again. <laughs> yep. They can't yep. stop buying the dip on, and it's value tech. I mean, yeah, I can say, oh, it's trading thirty <laughs> times, but I mean, no, no, no. Some of these other ones? Yesterday, no, no, no. Yesterday, you did not say that. No, I'm not saying I said anything. I'm just saying it's value tech, and it's not surprising that they would buy that very fast because that's what they've been buying. I could have sworn yesterday you were like Apple is not value, or maybe I imagine that. Did I imagine that? Apple's I think you imagine that because if you're looking at tech. All right. Anything that's trained 25, 30 times earnings in tech is value tech because you struggle <laughs> to find tech stocks that are trained like 15 times earnings. They just aren't out there. So, you know, you look at Microsoft, Google. I mean, they're trading Facebook. They're trading in that 20 to 30 range. If you can find the tech stocks that are trading at P's of 10, those could be attractive going forward. But those are hard to find. I right. mean, you get lots of stocks. Commodity stocks trade P's of six. Banks trade P's of nine. But to find a tech stock trading under 20 PE, it's, unless it's really struggling, meaning like it's it's actually going, you know, uh, the, you know, it, it, it's it's tough to find those stocks. All right. Well, let's go to some uh, away from quote unquote value tech into sure. the growth tech here. Um, you know, hey, it's not every day where I, I, I'm, I'm, I pat myself on the back, but I'm, I'm going to do that this morning because uh, I – uh, as Alex, I, I'm pat, I patted you. I'm the one that called it out. You, right. you, 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 thank you. you uh, if you weren't watching our at the close show, which Joe and I do every day from three thirty to four, then I don't know what you're doing with your life. If you weren't watching that, uh, here is what you missed. I'm also, I'm also cosplaying as the investor relations team for Asana and DocuSign because they both report earnings tonight, and I don't even think it matters what they say. Because it's probably going to be bad. Uh, wow. The baseball bat, too. I love the baseball <laughs> bat. You were ready to clobber some stocks and oh, you wait. did. Wait, where is the bat? Now you I... clobbered some stocks there. Holy mackerel. That's one of the best calls we've seen. DocuSign just absolutely assassinated. It's down 30, 74 points, down 31%. Asana, same story, down 15% from bliss to piss these stocks. Are just awful now. Great call, Mister Israel. I mean, um, it was the most obvious thing in the world. You know <laughs> obvious, but you know what? This market does not position itself for the obvious. Take case in point. Last night, New York. Oh, we have cases right, of right. Omicron in New York. Sell everything. Right. Nobody could possibly have anticipated <laughs> that it could be even remotely possible. That Omicron would eventually get to New York. How can you anticipate anything like this? And Zero Hedge was one that said that. But I was thinking the same thing, Zero Hedge. I mean, this is the market. It's simplicity. It's the obvious is not priced in. And you know what? Zoom, or you know, obviously, you know, we've seen Zoom, we've seen a lot of the, you know, the Pelotons, and now you get DocuSign. I mean, you're right. That was an obvious call. The obvious call. If you would have put that trade on, Mr. Israel, down 31% in one day, you'd make 31% just from doing the obvious. This market prices in none of the obvious. 
Yeah. And, and just to and give that's you that's a good thing for traders. You can make money just using logic right now. And and just to give you, you know, the actual numbers here, like again, DocuSign again, and I if I'd played the video for longer, I I also said like the the, the numbers frankly are irrelevant because it was it was a fine quarter, right? They they beat the EPS compared to the estimate, they made more money than the street was expecting in terms of sales, but their forward-looking guidance, their forward-looking numbers were light. And what the CEO said on the call was like, yeah, uh, our consumer behavior kind of came back down to earth, right? We just had the best year of our lives, and now we're sort of on on the downswing of that. And and Asana said the exact same thing, right? Like the forward-looking numbers. And again, we all knew this was coming because every single stay-at-home play this entire earnings season said the exact same thing as Asana and DocuSign said last night. So it's not even so much like the, the estimates are irrelevant irrelevant they can because they beat and it doesn't matter all that matters is the growth rate is slowing down and they said that and we knew that was going to happen and that's why asana well actually asana's not even down as much as asana's down what like 10 10 percent more than that now 14 15 15. yeah but let's put it in perspective asana hit an all-time high at the beginning of november we just left november like in three weeks asana got cut in half man you were getting punished for being long growth, I'll tell you that. If you're along these high P <clears throat> nosebleed multiples, you one haven't been listening to the show because we've been warning you about these stocks for a while here. But two, this is uh just reckoning day for everyone who has just said valuation doesn't matter, and it didn't matter for a long time, but just blindly investing in the growth story, blindly trading the growth story is fine. You get the hell out when trend breaks. Blindly long-term investing in the growth story, like when you're paying these ridiculous multiples, is a recipe to lose money. The recipe was shown back in 1999-2000, and Kathy Woods learned that the hard way right now. First of all, uh, we were talking about this, and, <clears throat> and after the whooping that Asana took yesterday, yeah. in the ripping market, that thing like barely rallied. <laughs> And closed near the low of the session. So you could tell the street was just selling hand over fist on that one. Uh, it's I don't know why they had that blip up there on the on the um on the actual number. Let's see if we can find we're trading just I'll, under seventy five some pre pre market low. Uh seventy five even is the pre market low. What do we got on that? Is there anything on the monthlies here? Uh, boom, 74.18. I'm not leaning on one monthly low, but if you take out that 75, um, you do have a monthly low at 74.18. But the interesting chart, too, is this DocuSign because there's just no bounce. Look at this thing. It's down $73. It's down 30%. And they're just, I mean, someone says, okay, I'm going to buy 160 to 162. I might buy more. I might pull my bid. No bad. I have abs- you know, so 160 is going to be the swing number. And, oh, man, the, the next monthly low, holy macro, comes in at 131.20. Oh, no, 170.80. There are my two numbers, 174 and 170.80. But <clears throat> they got to find a buyer here. There's yeah, just but no, we've seen this no story. This, the, this earnings season, when the stocks yes. are in downtrends and they get hammered, they, they don't, don't bounce. Back. They continue to leak. It's why I sold my Alibaba off of the bad report after five years. And look how you know, look how good of a call that was for me to sell and take the loss in Alibaba at one forty eight. And it was a three point loss, but you know, I held it for five years, so it felt like a lot bigger loss than that. But one forty eight, and it's been straight down every single day since. Take a look at the Alibaba chart. 
that is what your DocuSite chart might look like. I'm not saying, you know, anything can happen. Maybe we rally into growth. Maybe it all changes. But if I was betting, I would think that this continues to leak. And you know what? It's continued to leak all night. I think you're going to get some little rip and roaring rallies in there as well. I think those rallies are to be sold. It would not surprise me in the least if we look back at the, if we look at DocuSign in a month and it's at 1:30. It would not surprise me in the least. So to Joel's point about the initial pop, this is, I'll tell you why I think both these things actually got initial pops. It's because the algorithms are programmed to read the numbers oh. compared to the estimates, and the estimates. We're lower. They beat the estimates. Asana and DocuSign both came in above the estimates on EPS and on sales. And Asana actually came in above estimates on their guidance. But it's not. That is not what matters. It is year-over-year stuff that matters here. Or the quarter-over-quarter stuff that matters here. Uh, And that's why they both got the pop. And and, and I got to admit, even I'm surprised that I I did not expect this in DocuSign. I mean, 31%. How could you just not, if you were long this thing with any substantial, you know, size, how could you not just be layering on? I mean, just, I I know, Dennis, you say, you know, don't show your We should have been shorted. I don't shorten the earnings reports typically. You know, I'm a trader. I'm a short-term trader. But, man, um, that setup was really nice. And Spencer with the baseball back call, man. You you guys want want another easy one this morning? Yeah. Monday, MNDY. This is just like Asana. It's a, it's a peer of Asana. It's actually trading higher this morning. For Did it report yet? When's the report? Yeah, it reported like a month ago. There's no catalyst, though. What's the catalyst? To try Asana to... is the catalyst. <laughs> Growth is the catalyst. Lack of it. I don't like that setup as much as the DocuSign one. I don't know anything about Monday.com either, though, other than... It's a ridiculous name. <laughs> it is the same company as a Sun. It's the same service. It's the same business. Why is it trading up on the Bad Asana report? Though? I don't know. That's why I said it's an easy one. I no volume. I don't know if it's there. Isn't there is no volume? I but I, okay. That's two. That's three hundred dollars. Stocks are thin. I get stopped out on all those things. And this is the market. You were talking about this in the pre pre market show. This is the market. You get stopped out on everything. So using stops in here is just like a recipe to lose money because it's so much chop. You get stopped out on everything. It's 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 a tricky market to trade. I mean, from an inefficiency perspective, it's good. But you know, we'll talk about some of those strategies obviously in, in another week when we do our third uh, you know educational event. But from just a swing trading perspective, it's a tough market because you know what you're trying to put on risk reward, and it's kind of murky. It's stopped out a lot of stuff. All right, it's not all bad on the earnings front. We should be clear about that. You can, and I know the chat's been all over this too. Marvel MRVL is trading up what ten percent, if not more. Twenty-two percent. Oh, I'm sorry, twenty-two percent this morning yeah. on its earnings report last night. Uh, EPS came in higher, sales came in higher. Uh, guidance was also strong for their EPS and their sales. Um, they they guided. Um, Revenue growth for the quarter of around 9% year over year, uh, led by 5G. Um, what else did they say? I mean, I, I feel like the 5G play has actually been a good one here. If you, if you just look at like the, uh, the, 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 F, the FIVG uh, ETF, which, which I think I own. I don't even remember at this point. No, I, I, I own it. Um, and that's actually held up okay. And so Marvel is, is in that is in that basket and trading higher this morning off its earnings report. So 5G has actually been an okay trade here. Uh, I'm still long it. I've been long the stock since 40. Uh, still holding on. It's it's kind of value tech, to be honest. And it does have the growth story with it, too. I love Marvel. I love this company. 
Um, kind of feels good when you don't own any of the ones that are going down 20, 30% today and you do own the one that's up 22%. So kind of vindicated for my little, uh, obviously for my more value investing approach. Uh, but big move. I want to hold on to it. I mean, normally, I guess, you know, you sell the rips and it's a pretty good rip, but I just don't see the story cooling off anytime soon. So if the markets are eventually going back to new highs, give me stocks like this that are over a hundred. So I'm holding on to my Marvel. Been in it for since the summer. It's actually been a great stock. Uh, if 87.50 is your target, that's the pre-market high. Uh, beyond that, there's no pain. There's nothing for anybody. No resistance. So if you have a larger position and you're trying to get out, you know maybe you can do some scaling here. But right now, the only thing I can give you is that pre-market high, 87.50. Wait, does Marvel have a dividend? They, it might be small. They do. It's small. They do have a small one. Okay. Yeah, real small. All right. Well, that qualifies them for value. No, it doesn't. I don't know. I'm making that up. Um, okay. So that's basically it. I mean, there was a couple more earnings, but none of them were super interesting, like uh, Smart Street, uh, Smart Sheet. We don't really care about that. Let's move on to uh, the title of the show. I, I made it DD. Uh, this is an interesting headline. Um, actually, the headline is was, was predictable. The reaction is what's interesting here. Uh, DD is going to delist off the New York Stock Exchange. This was, if you've been following the story, you know it's not a total surprise. There have been several reports about this in the past couple of weeks and months. Uh, what is interesting, though, is the reaction here. And also because we don't really know how this is going to work. So the headline broke yesterday after hours, right? DD is going to delist on, on the NICE. Um, But again, we don't really know how. Are they going to get taken private that would require like 40 billion dollars of capital to do that are they going to list on the hong kong stock exchange and just do a conversion are they going to list on another stock exchange like in europe but who would have them london wouldn't take that you know what other stock exchange outside of china would take dd after this debacle probably no one so what's what's likely here is either a buyout or they just list in Hong Kong slash Shanghai, and they just do a one-to-one conversion, and you can just convert your shares, and that's that. Um, I can't really explain to you why the stock went to $9 this morning. It also seems dumb that it's at $7 now because, um, you know, it, the, the, the news isn't a surprise, and we're light on details. So I'm, I'm not really quite sure why it's moving. Here's, here's the concerning thing is yeah. that they try to get listed on Hong Kong, but they – the Hong Kong exchange actually requires companies to make money uh, before they're listed. So then they come Is that over. The truth? That's, that's what I heard on CNBC. Okay. So um, I, that, if that's not true. I know true, nothing about that. That's, uh, I, that's that, interesting though. But they have more stringent require. Oh, We'll go list on the U.S. exchanges. So I, th- this is just a mess. I'll agree with Spencer on the pop over nine. When you're getting delisted to me, that's bad news. I don't know why anybody. Once again, 4 a.m. traders, I don't know what you're thinking. I mean, I should put out 4 a.m. levels for these kind of things because there's like no no reason to be buying this at nine. And, and I'll just give you there's a bunch of monthly no. lows in here. Not that I'm buying it, but there's old time low is 718. And so if you feel like you, know what? you need yeah. to own it at the old time low. Go ahead. I, uh, I, I do have company. an idea. I do have an idea as to why it could trade lower. Is and I just looked this up right now. Uh, DD looks like is a member of thirteen U.S. listed ETFs. Um, I don't know what you know. If DD's delisting is going to cause it to get yanked out of some indexes, um, that could result in some forced selling. 
Um, if it's going to go OTC, that could result in some forced selling if certain investors have rules that they can't own OTC traded stocks. Um, that, that's that's maybe one explanation for why it could trade lower off this. But we don't really know anything yet uh, as far as if you own DD, what's going to happen to you? What's going to happen to your shares? I mean, you'll, you'll get you know, you'll probably, you'll get some money back here, but it just, it, it remains to be seen how. Um, the pop was dumb. Uh, I, I guess the, the drop makes more sense to me than the pop, just because there could be some forced selling involved if they're going to delist and, you know, you have certain hedge funds or whatever uh, institutions that aren't allowed to own non-exchange traded stocks or whatever. But um, yeah, anyway, so uh, not, not a surprising story. Um, continuation of what we've seen, you know, in frankly, all these, Chinese U.S. listed Chinese stocks. Where we talked about Baba, Joel and I talked about JD yesterday. Joel, my my buy the close, sell the open is not working in JD this morning. Uh, China just making new lows. K Web making new lows today. So um, just to continue, I don't want to any of these China stocks. <laughs> I, I sold the only one I had, which was Baba. Yeah. So no, no more, no more investing in China for me at all. You know, yeah. something changes over there. Yep. Brutal. Brutal. Oh, that K-Web is at $42 now. Yeesh. Um, okay, a couple more minutes before we'll start getting ready for the jobs number. Uh, Zillow. Is, I haven't looked at Zillow in a couple of weeks. Guidance. I kind of forgot about Zillow, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I thought I thought they kind of they kind of like uh kitchen synced it with all that information. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> wow, Zillow, wow. Zillow's doing a buyback, a $750 million stock buyback that they announced this morning. Um and uh they actually, no, I'm sorry. It was, it was announced last night. And in addition to that, I'm reading in the pro now. They raised their, they raised some guidance. Basically, they were like, Joel's, Joel's right. Kitchen sink. Get all the bad news out at once. And now they're like getting back to, to normalcy here. So they actually raised their guidance last night and announced the buyback. So we're up here this morning off of those headlines. Hmm. Interesting. Is it, was that the bottom? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Pre, well, if it gets above this pre-market high, I, and I think it has a chance to do it. It's only a buck away, 61.19. You're starting to, you know, instead of buying on weakness all this time, like someone really want, honestly, wanting to own this under $53. The last six out of seven sessions, they were nibbling around there. Do they want to pay 60 I don't know. Does it want to break out above? If it gets above this uh, pre-market high, I'll give you another target, 63.45. The longer it takes to take out uh, that pre-market high, let's see. Top of yesterday's range is down at 55.41 if you're looking for a gap fill. But I don't think it's going to see the 63.45, and I don't think you're going to get it as cheap as 55.41 today. Yeah. This is one – I I know we just spent – three days or more saying don't buy growth stocks and i i'm, I'm not going to buy this but this is one that i would at least like throw on a watch list somewhere sure because which one because zillow, zillow i mean just because it's like oh oh yeah, yeah. And, 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 and you know what the whole thing showed it showed a willingness to admit when you're wrong on the part of zillow they were like yep this i buying thing it's, it ain't working for us we screwed up let's get out let's cut our, cut our losses and get and get out and that's what they did yeah. it's, it's the props to them yeah. No, mad props. Mad yeah, props. I think so too. Yeah. So cool. Um, okay, it's eight twenty-seven here. I gotta yeah. go trade this job. We, we got three minutes until yeah. the November non-farm period. Going wide. You know um, what? It could be a nothing muffin too. That's no. They're gonna see chop and volatility. I gotta fade everything. That's how I'm approaching this. Just <laughs> fading every single move. 
We rip higher. I'm selling it. We dip lower. I'm buying it. Unless it's like a crazy number, I'm going to be fading. All now, right. not fading for ten cents. I think you're going to rip like a buck fifty in either direction on spy. So, right. fifteen handles up, fifteen handles down. That's where I'm looking. Now, now right. we don't. Now we don't even. I'm need going to, to trade it. it right now. Canceling okay. all my orders too because okay. I don't get picked off by Joel, all these high Joel, frequency uh, part, of me, part of me is with Joel here. I wouldn't be shocked if this is just a nothing burger because no one knows. And here's why: no one knows what the numbers actually mean. Like for example, I don't know what anything means for, anymore. For, for example, it, uh, the estimates are for uh, the non-farm payrolls figure to be anywhere in the ballpark of like five hundred fifty thousand to five hundred and seventy-three thousand for last month. If if the number is way lighter than that, if it's four hundred thousand, or if it's way above that, if it's seven hundred thousand, I don't even know what that is. That good or bad? Because on the one hand, more jobs added is generally considered a good thing, but you've also got to think about what it means for what the Fed could do. Um, I so I don't know how to how to interpret this. You've also got the unemployment rate, which is expected to to, to tick down. You got you got people saying. It's not even about the jobs number. It's about the the labor participation rate. So, like, there's no consensus here as to, I think, what the number actually would mean for the market today. I th- whatever happens, if the market rallies off it, then it'll be obvious in hindsight, right, whatever happens after the fact. But, like, going into it, I have no idea. I really don't. Like, I'll, we'll read you the numbers here, and Joel will narrate the market as it reacts in, in real time. But, like, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm clueless. <laughs> All right, 829. What do we got? What do we got? We got a pre-market high of 89. That's okay, but 93.75 was yesterday's high. That's the number you want to get to. For a super bullish day today, for me, we are closing above Last Friday's close at 95.75. On the downside, if we get to 66.50, that's mid-range on the session. Let's see if you find buyers. Uh, Between 66.50 and 4,600, not much there. So let's see what the actual number. November jobs report imminent. Was that Austin Goolsby? What's that guy's name? Oh, look at this. They got. Eight people on there, and it's just me and Spencer. <laughs> we, don't need eight, we don't need eight people. No way. Joe, we got me, you, we got our chat. That's all we need. Okay. Uh, okay. We're, we're trying we're, to pop. Waiting for the number. And we're dropping. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Got a little bit. People are jumping the gun. You you know what I should have done? Uh, Here we go. We got it. And it was light. (laughs) 210,000 jobs added 
non-farm payrolls added last month. Again, the estimate was in that in that uh, five hundred fifty to five seventy thousand range, and so two ten compared to that five that mid to high five hundred range. Uh, that's not ideal. Unemployment rate did tick lower more than expected, 4.2% versus the 4.5% consensus. So unemployment, if you recall, prior to COVID was at, I don't even remember what, like a a 12-year low. It was at, like, it was in the high threes, right? It was at 3.7 or 3.8. We're getting close to pre-COVID unemployment territory here, uh, 4.2%, not that far off. Um, But far fewer uh, jobs added last month then we thought um it looks there like we go uh, we're popping we're October. popping we just took out the high now we're getting interesting here 93.75 was the high we just took that we went 95 bid so right now the bulls are in control we got to keep an eye on 93.75 that was a high from yesterday's session and what else we got moving on here 95 and a half is the high Looks like the Bulls have, you know, you had a little bit of a dip, nowhere near mid-range, nowhere near mid-range on the session. That little dip didn't even leave the 45.80 handle. We took out yesterday's low. Now, what the Bulls have to do is they got to hold this 93.50, poke our head over 4,600. There's got to be some buy stops in there. People just saying, oh, well, I'll get out if it goes above 4,600. But what what is moving? It, what is moving with this? How are the banks reacting? Because what, what does this move for interest rates, right? I, I don't know, Joel. I mean, Bitcoin just popped. Okay, so there's that. <laughs> it's still in its trading range. Still, uh, oh, let me get the uh, the pre-market chart up here. 24-hour market. Uh, JP Morgan's not showing you much. Uh, man, banks, what's going up? Is it the tech? Come on, guys, give me some stocks that are going on. I mean, yeah, the queues are popping here, right? Apple just popped. All, all the tech there we go. Just popped. They're buying they, the tech. Yeah, they're, they're buying tech. They're, frankly, they're buying everything, right? Yeah, Patty Stocks. They're buying PayPal, too. They're buying all tech here. Um, uh, okay. Even, even uh, I was, I was going to say, even uh, DocuSign and Asana, but not so much. But, yeah, you, you, you got you got your queues. You got your big tech, your Apple, your Microsoft. You're all, uh, they're, they're all popping. Yeah. Bitcoin, all your risk on assets. Uh, uh, growth assets are popping here. I guess the interpretation is that is weaker number means continued well, continued uh, um, uh, bazooka gun of of yeah. But he came yeah. out. Uh, uh, Pumpa Powell came out and said he was pessimistic. Powell. So no, I don't know. This is why I don't know what the. This is why I have no idea. I still don't freaking know. What they the- cleared out the stops at forty six hundred. Went to forty six oh two. So that's a good move. Uh, right back. At, you know the funny thing is, is with all. Let me grab my sheet here. With all the with all the movement this week, right? With all the up and down and all around. Last Friday's close was ninety five seventy five. So here we are trading within a whisker of that. So I'm I'm still good. I mean the the jury's still out. That was a nice pop. We're holding that yesterday's high, 93.75. So <clears throat> as long as we hold that level, the bulls are still in control. Upside target based on a nine-day average trading range is up at 1750. I'm sure a lot of people would like to see that. And uh, I'd have to adjust my, um, uh, I would use, where were we right before the number? I would use that as a potential 
uh, sign of weakness. And I, I let's see where we are. I'm going to look at the 829 candle here. Now we're down on. Now there's. I hope Dennis waited to sell the rep because that was a pretty good rep. Uh, we lose the 93.50 at 829. We that close. Is back. That is back. It's been three minutes. I kind of thought so. I sold spy at four. I think I might have got the high tick on the most four. Let me see. I was up at the four fifty nine seventies. Let me see. Uh, four, I gotta change my chart. Did you think nine seventies? I had some sales up there. Now, yeah. did you put the orders out there, or did you hit a bid? No, I had some in there. Yeah. How high did we get on spider? Uh, almost up. No, they're not. That's a one minute. It just got to fifty eight forty eight. How did you sell forty eight? Fifty nine seventy nine. Your spy chart's all messed up. I'm telling you. No, it's not. not. We traded up to fifty nine seventy nine. I'm short. Like I see, like fifty nine seventy nine. Yeah, that this shirt's a... wrong. I don't know what that yeah, shirt is. Fifty nine eighty uh, was the high. Just I got some to... off at fifty nine seventy nine. Yeah. I, I never get the high tech. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why your shirt's wrong. I don't know. That's weird. Fifty nine eighty. You have for the high. Yeah. I got some off. I got some off at the high tech almost. I oh man, that. maybe That's I got. Crazy. I'm gonna have to change one of my settings on this. Joel, I can't I, believe this. Well, yeah, fate, yeah, trade. That's why Joel doesn't even look at this buy for this reason. Yeah, um, yeah. But but okay. So I so what? I guess I guess we're I guess we're not tapering. I don't I, I don't know what that what this means. Huh. I'll be honest with, uh, with I know nothing. Um, but uh, okay. I mean everything everything that's growth just popped. And is now off the highs. I guess not really off the highs. A little bit off the highs. So, anyway, I don't know. What do you have? Know. What do you have for a high in Apple? What do I have? I have. I have to zoom in here. I have a fifty. No, I have uh, sixty-five forty. Yeah. All right. Huh. Well, bring up the spy chart again. Bring it up on that four thing. Let's see what the I am. Is That's where it was. No, it was a weird chart you had up. No, no. he. Had, no, he had he was a like, hell. There's he something was, wrong here with this spy because it's not even moving right now. Oh, that's weird. There's that's so weird. Stuff All right, some, we're gonna have to spend two hours on the phone with Trade Station now. That sounds like fun. It does. Uh, you know what else sounds like fun? Talking to our guest. That's okay. Fun. Let's do that. Boom! What a segue. Me, Schneider, managing director and market gauge. It's been a while since, since we had her on. Too long, perhaps. Let's bring Mish on the show. Mish, welcome Hi. back. Hello, fellas. How are you doing? <laughs> we are uh, confused. Well, what else is new? We're always confused here. But um, trying to make sense of, of this number. I don't know if you've, you've seven minutes to be enough time for you to decide what you think. So uh, what do you think? <laughs> seven minutes in heaven? Yeah. Um, well, uh, let's see. Let, let me step back a little bit because I think Uber focusing on that number may be a little short-sighted compared to everything that's going on yes. over the last several weeks. Number one is even before Black Friday, we started to see some risk off because I look at relationships, intermarket relationships. I look at how the long bonds are doing versus the S&P. Well, for a long time, the S&P was outperforming until a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I look at how the transportation sector is doing versus the S&P. For a long time, transportation was doing better than the S&P until a couple of weeks ago. That's risk off. Junk bonds were sort of flashing a warning even before that in that bond brokers who come in to buy high yield debt companies, that's always the perfect risk on Junk bonds were starting to go down pretty seriously. 
So then we had Black Friday, we had the big swoon, we had the Omicron scare, yada, 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 and we had Powell. Okay, so let's talk about Powell since that's related to the unemployment numbers. Powell is really good at talking at both sides of his mouth. So on one level, he said exactly what we saw today. He's concerned about the labor market, big concern. On the other level, he's concerned about inflation, not using that word transitory anymore. So he talked about speeding up the bond taper, which basically means less accommodation, but it doesn't mean that they're taking us off the juice because he also didn't say he's going to raise rates. Forget about what all the other Fed members say. It's what Powell says that counts the most. So essentially, the, the, the signal he gave to the market this week and the reason why we came back is if things are doing well, We'll, we'll, we won't be as accommodative as we've been in the past, and we'll start to remove some of that bond buying. By the way, the balance sheet actually went up yesterday. And yet, at the same token, don't worry. We're worried about inflation, but we're way more, more worried about the economy, as they should. So this today proves exactly what his concerns are, are legitimate concerns. And that's why we're seeing the bounce in the market. So that's one major theory I think you have to keep in your mind here is the market is so focused on these jobs reports for that reason. But it was already concerns coming into this that inflation is still very much alive and well. And that's really, I think, where we're going to go. Stagflation next year. That's my number one theory. Whoa, you said the stagflation were there. You said so much that I don't even know what to respond <laughs> to. But what, let me, let's start with that. You just ended on a on a low note there stagflation no one likes to hear that although I, maybe we've already been in the stagflationary environment i don't know well we actually i well deflation part really didn't get going until after we saw the nadir and covid last year in 2020 the stagnating part though yeah i mean when have we had some real serious growth in the actual economy i'm not talking about growth right. stocks i'm talking about in the actual right. us economy if you look at you know guys you know my modern family if you look at what the russells have been doing they haven't really done very much they had that one little quick trip to new highs but they've been sideways transportation looked like it was going to get going then it backed off retail looked good for like a nanosecond and now that's backed off these are all the signs here that the economy, where are we going to get growth from? And I think that's the biggest concern. And obviously, people don't want to work. But I, I think there's another thing to look at here, which is going to sound terrible, but actually has a silver lining. And that is the credibility factor. Everything pretty much in our lives has lost credibility in terms of being investors. The government not so credible. Politicians, not so credible. Scientists, not so credible. The media, not so credible. And on and on and on. Nothing really has major credibility except for one thing, retail investors. What they're buying, what they're putting their money in because they're so flush with cash is the one credible thing that I think has really helped keep this market from completely collapsing. And that doesn't look like that's going away at least anytime soon, what we've seen recently, though, is if the retail investors back off and we get a swoon like we saw on Friday and then again earlier this week, we can see those retail investors back up, but they're sitting there on the sidelines waiting. And at that this point so far, that's a good thing if you're an investor. Well, a lot of the darling retail stocks have, are well off their highs here. I mean, you can look at AMC as your poster child, right? It just broke down 
uh, a couple of days ago. Well, I don't know if I would look at AMC as a poster. I would certainly say it's a poster child for the meme stocks okay. and it's where the Reddit co crowd was. Okay. But I think, believe it or not, people have gotten smarter, which is encouraging. So they've moved away from some of those typical meme stocks, although I think GameStop is still up. And they're looking for things that have fallen apart and they start coming in and buying based on other types of sensibilities like for example, electric cars. I mean, that whole explosion of Rivian that just happened um, or metaverse type stocks like Roblox, which went sure. up, you know, obviously cryptocurrencies, which during the market drop really still has, is doing very, very well. So okay. But, but all those things are also off their highs too, right? Rivian was at yes, 180, but, right? Yes. Yeah. No doubt. But relative to the actual market, compared to what the market did, they're actually still doing pretty well. I mean, you know, when you have Bitcoin up here uh, at 57, 58,000, considering a couple months ago, it was still down around 40, you know, that's still pretty good, even though it's not at 68. Can it get there? Absolutely. All right. Uh, it's it's an interesting, It's I, I look, I hope the retail, I hope the inflows keep coming. Because all that means is people are dollar cost averaging. I mean, I think that's what it means. And that's good for, for, for life and for long-term investing. So I hope the inflows keep on coming. Um, but but it, it, I acknowledge that at least it's, it's been a pretty tough year for a lot of the, the darling. I mean, you named Roblox, which is kind of like the exception. But like a lot of the darling stocks of retail have had brutal years. Absolutely. Because the whole e-commerce thing kind of, it faded. I mean, and that's my point is that if you really want to, and you guys are pretty active investors. I'm not talking about the 401k buy and hold holders. Sure. Yeah. Some of them have great stocks in there. Obviously they have Apple in their portfolio. They're looking pretty good, but I'm talking about people like us who trade, who like to buy, look for things of value, have a good risk, ride it, sell it, or take some partial profit, maybe leave a tail or what have you. That's where I think the retail investment space has gotten actually evolved into something a little bit smarter. And that gives me some encouragement, not long, long term necessarily, but that's why I think we listen for these headlines. But essentially, if you think about it, like commodities days, right, Joel? Back in the old commodities days, the headlines were constant, but we traders, we almost didn't care. What we really look for is price. We look for a support level. We look for volume coming in. We look for inflow of orders from the big companies, depending on what commodity you were trading. And then we would go in and we would buy it or sell it, depending on what was going on. And that's what's going on now. So it's to me, the whole game has changed, which I'm excited about. We're on the line with me, Schneider, Managing Director at Market Gauge. Uh, so you're, you're talking about the retail investor, um, you know, being more active or being a much bigger participant in the market, uh, to me, that could be concerning because the retail vet investor only looks at the market one way. And they are always, you know, that the majority of retail investors only look for the market to go up. So they look at every opportunity as a buy the dip opportunity. What you had on the close, I believe on Wednesday. I think was just an absolute flushing of the retail investor down the toilet because these stocks, they weren't waiting for the margin calls the next morning. They were saying, hey, you don't have enough money. You, you know, you send a check here in the next five minutes or wire money and you're out. So 
I'm not. I I still think the institutions run this market. I still think that the big money runs this market. And if the less, you know, you can say the retail investor got smarter, but I think until they start looking at both sides of the market, that that worries me because it. And if we go on past history, it's when the retail investor's been in. It's when the been the major inflow of flood of funds from the that's been the top in the market. What do you, how do you combat that? Well, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think you make some really good points. Absolutely. And we know, I mean, listen, I've been in this game for such a long time, and it sort of reminds me of the late 70s, early 80s, in a sense, where all of a sudden everybody was flooding into the market to buy the things that were hot, like gold and silver back then, for example, just to give two examples, and, you know, the big pork belly thing. And, uh, and, And eventually we know what happened is a lot of those retail investors got burnt. But and I'm not saying that we won't see a good percentage share of retail investors who do get burnt. But everything has changed about the game now anyway, because you can do commission free trading. You can get in and out. You can do fractal ownership and you can spread into so many more instruments, even though there's actually a whole lot less number of stocks than there were, say, several years ago. It's been half. The level of other interests like microcaps and all these cryptocurrencies have sort of filled in some of that space. So, yes, I'm not saying that's the only focus. I'm saying that's the one right now credible area because everything else has lost credibility. And in terms of the institutional investors, the retail investors did better than the, re- than the institutional investors and have over for the last course of a year. But also, think about what I said in the very beginning when we first started talking. You still have to have an awareness of the macro. And that's why if they don't learn something about the simple things that we all know, how the S&P does relative as a benchmark to transportation, because let's face it, there's still a transportation index that tells us how moves goods are moved and demand is across the country. Retail, if they can't figure out whether or not brick and mortar is still moving. And of course, bonds and junk bonds, if they can't see what the bond traders are doing and that people are not necessarily looking at high yield, then eventually you'll have a situation where the sign was in for two weeks, retail investors kept it up for two weeks, and then whoosh, on Friday, everybody got burnt, myself included. When I say burnt, I mean some of my stocks that have been sitting there sort of floundering. You know, we, we, we got out before it got worse, and now we're looking to shop again, provided we hold up at these levels. They were, they were crucial. It's funny you just mentioned the Dow theory, which I hadn't thought about probably all year, probably in two years, right? Because it hasn't, I haven't needed to think about it, but um, it's funny how it comes, it is, it does seem to come back and play. Um, so, okay, so Amish, just, just to be perfectly clear here, uh, what does have your eye right now? What areas of the market do have your eye? Well, for one, I really think that clean energy and this whole idea of EVs is, is hot and is going to be hot for a while. They just came out and said that unless companies and countries put in major investments into wind to solar to try to get to that 2050 goal of having total clean energy and lowering our carbon footprint, it's not going to happen. And I think that their countries are committed to that, including China. So I see that as a huge opportunity. Again, will anything hold up if the whole market cracks? No, but that would certainly be an area that I would be looking to buy the dip when things happen and have some kind of a core position. I also think that we may see a little bit of a sea change in terms of consumer discretionary, more into consumer staples, 
as we're looking at the possible inflation scenario continuing. And I like food commodities for that reason, because I think people aren't necessarily as focused as they should be. Sure, everybody complains that they go to the supermarket and everything costs more. I went to the supermarket yesterday, shelves were empty. So we still have obviously supply chain issues. People don't even want to work in these supermarkets anymore. So I think we're going to see more food rising. La Nina's here for 2022. So Mother Nature, no matter what you say, you can't control what happens there. So I'm looking at how the food commodity prices ultimately will affect everything else in the consumer. That's why I'm looking at staples. Um, and then other trends that could possibly come up out of next year, um, I think, you know, remain to be seen. But like I said, this disruptive technology from EVs and also from clean air, that could trickle in. I'm still looking at stocks like Palantir. How much cheaper are they going to go? And uh, fastly. That's a million dollar question, Mish. Exactly. But I'm hunting, I'm, you know, and this is where yeah. I'm a retail investor, but I'm a retail investor who is smart enough to know that you just don't keep buying on the way down, right. but that you wait for some level of, you know, a, a reversal, however yeah. that looks, whether you're a mean reversion trader, whether, you know, you use uh, momentum trades, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, this is the disruptive technology is good. Kathy Wood, though, is just a little bit off her game in terms of her prediction it's not happening now. She keeps buying on the way down. That's not how we operate, but that doesn't mean that she's necessarily wrong. She's just, her timing is off. What about gold? I'm sick of gold. I've been holding gold forever. I've had, you know, I probably still at a profit. As I always say, it gets in the 1800 handle. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to sell it. And then it dips. I mean, is it just a trading range? Is it just dominated by the, you know, by the commercials and the, the hedge funds? I mean, if it's not going to go up in a potentially inflationary environment, is it ever going to go up? Give me your thoughts on gold. Well, I'm so glad you asked me about gold because I actually haven't really traded gold much. I did trade a while back and I actually trade been trading silver more than gold. And I'm watching that silver gold ratio, which for a while silver was outperforming gold, which is inflationary. And I like that as a old commodities trader. And then we got out of silver and it's just been floundering, as we can see here, back down near the lows. It's interesting with gold. I think that um, I, I, I'm always watching it. I'm always hunting it. And I wouldn't necessarily say that I would forget about it completely. And I don't like the argument Bitcoin versus gold. I think that's just ridiculous. There are two completely different types of instruments that serve two purposes. But here's what I would say is that if you really want to know whether or not the Fed's going to get scared about inflation, you do have to watch the precious metals. I mean, Joe, Jerome Powell's been around the block for a long time. I'm sure he's looking at gold and silver and the gold miners and even steel. You know, copper had a big explosion and now has come off. And he's looking at them and going, all right, inflation, it's food, it's you know, gas, but that's come off. I mean, really, when you're talking about used car markets and housing market and rents and, and wage increase, those are inflationary concerns. But if you look thinking like him, he's saying, that's transitory, even though he had to roll back that word. It's when gold and silver start to really pick up that people have to worry. And that's why I don't think we've even seen the tip of the iceberg yet on what inflation can do as we're going into 2022, 2023, and 2024, particularly if the virus comes out where we need to add stimulus in any way or bail out industries like the airlines or the hotel industry, the entertainment industry, which is still really suffering. So All right, let's wrap things up here, Mish. 
Yeah. What would make you, I don't know if it's technical or fundamental, what would make you super bearish <laughs> and what would make you super bullish? We're talking market or gold? The market. Market. The market. What would make me super bearish right now is if, and I'm going to go back to my Dow Jones, because that really tells you about the demand of consumers and how things are moving, is if transportation sector, looking at IYT, significantly breaks down under a 50-week moving average. It's been holding it for a very long time. That would be a reversal of trend from bullish to caution, and I would take that seriously. Wait, um, wait, real fast. Fifty week or fifty day? Fifty week. Fifty week. Okay. Yeah. I'm just yeah. clarifying. Yeah, and I think the fifty week comes in at around one fifty three, one fifty five. We bounced off of that this week. Okay. Um, so that would be number one to make me bearish. Mm -hmm. but the thing that would make me bullish is exactly the opposite. If that continues to hold, if the junk bonds don't crash from here, if the um, if the, the small caps can get back over its 50 week, which is at IWM at 222, then I think we're going to try another leg higher. And that's where I talk about these retail investors. Forget about the headlines. Just watch where the money is flowing. Watch price. All right, Mish Schneider, Managing Director at Market Gauge. Mish, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much. You guys have a great weekend and a happy holiday. Happy holidays to you too. Uh, all right, that was, that was a long one, uh, but I enjoyed that. Good information it's, it's, there. It's been too long since we've had we, since we've had Mish on the show. We have four minutes left uh, before the uh, end of the hour. Let's do some ticker time. Drop your tickers in the chat. We will take a look-see. Dennis, you doing okay over there? Yeah, I'm okay. I just took a break because I'm, I'm not feeling 100%. We know that. So I'll try oh. to do three minutes ticker time with you guys. Oh, man. Okay. I hope, well, yeah. We, we Nisha's hope... great, though. I listened the whole time. I was even covering the chat. She's awesome. We hope you feel better. Okay. Here's uh, I'm just going to go quick uh, from the chat. UCO from Hurt Scrambler. Let's look. Let's start there. Who wants to go first? Dennis, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Well, we're just, that's just crude. So, oh, that's talking. right. Okay. All right. Yeah. All, right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, just just, just figure it right. uh, here. I'm just going to do this real quick. Boom. Crude. What's going to happen? Are we going to take back half of it? This is a big old move. Uh, uh, let's see. 84 to 62, 22. What's half of that? 11. Crude's got to get back to 72, 73 and hold. I'd play, if I was long, I'd play to the upside 72, 73. All right. Uh, who just put this in there? Uh, Joe, pull up HD. Did you win your bet or not? No, I did not. And I, I'm very I, upset. I, I don't know. Uh, I thought you did. Wait, I might have. Did I? Thought, I? I thought you no. did. I don't, I don't recall us you, saying, I don't recall the bet being it had to hit 400 and zero cents on the kisser. But oh, if really? it is, I mean, but yeah, I don't it know. is. It was 400, just a 400 handle. Well, it, it got to four. It got to four hundred point twenty two. Dennis, we'll let you be the judge on that. I mean, yeah, Dennis, we had to bet Joel and I four hundred versus four twenty in Home Depot. What say you? Well, it didn't hit the four hundred. So yeah. no. Well, all right. Okay. Who had the four hundred? I did. <laughs> no, I did. No, no, I don't even know which side. You guys no, don't no, know which side no, of the bet no, you guys yeah, are on. I had the bearish bet. You had the bullish yeah, bet. Yeah, Joel right, makes right. so many bets he can't keep track of them. Oh, right, right. Dennis, I, what did I tell I, you about I, saying that stuff? <laughs> I'm going to talk to your mom. I, I, was the, I was the one that was playing defense just now. Uh, and it, so the balance benefited me. I, I called 400. I was the one that was playing. I called 420. I was the one playing right, defense. Right, you're bullish. Yeah, I was bullish. So 
Um, okay. So someone asked about Home Depot. Is yeah, that yeah, it? Yeah. Is that why we went yeah. on this tangent? Yes. Uh, what do we get? This is important. What? Uh, this is easy. Uh, 408, 409. We hold it. A couple highs in the same area. 410. Got to get above 410 and a quarter. 410.70. Boom. You're going back to all-time highs. You fail here. 408, 409. You're going back to Tesla 400. Oh, Here's an interesting one. Look at Playboy, PLBY. This one has held up very nicely in the last few months. It really has. Yeah. I don't know, but I can't buy anything that's high growth and high valuation. So, what is the valuation? And I hate it. I hate NFTs now, too. So, <laughs> you hate it all. What is the valuation here? 1.5 billion. Oh, no. There's a market cap. Of P- I don't think they make money. Forward PE, they do. Uh, 62. All right. That's, that's a lot. This so thing that's the kind of stock that's working in this environment, but it actually has held up very well. So, I'll it has held up props. well. I would say I, these three pesky highs here until it, if it doesn't take out the, uh, these sellers, it does. Uh, this is called the 41 area. I think it's going to roll over and die like a pig. If it and doesn't I, and I'm going to go so I don't roll over and die here. Oh, so. that is, <laughs> that on is, that note, take the rest of the day, please. I, I, I am just, yeah, I'm hoping to be better for you guys Monday. We'll find the results by COVID test. I am yeah, not no. uh, at all. <laughs> all right. Feel better, Dennis, please. Seriously. Have all a great right. weekend, everyone. Guys, if we can't get like a sympathy like for Dennis fighting through the last three days with a cold, he's, a, he's tough. He, he's yeah, can you imagine these guys on CNBC coming on when they're not feeling well like that? Oh, That's no. unbelievable. All right, I got um, I got Sean Udall coming on at nine o'clock. So right. he's gonna have a few opinions as always. He did get bullish. It's a question of his timing on his bullishness, but uh, I'm going to go over to pre-market prep plus sign up for the event. Overwhelming I, response to the event. Thank you, everybody. And uh, Spencer, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going yeah. to call you at two o'clock. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Everyone have a great day. I just dropped a link to the event that Joel referred to in the chat. It's pinned there. It's also in the description. It's a week from tomorrow, December 11th. Dennis, Joel, I'll be there. Mitch will be there. Uh, last uh, special event of the year. So, okay, I'm going to wrap. Uh, we're going to do live trading with Benzinga starting at 9.05 today as, as per uh, usual. So, Ryan, Zunaid, Mitch, I'll be there for a few. So, where are we at on the like front? We're at 160. Oh, gosh, guys. Uh, oh, no, it didn't update. I'm sorry. So, now it updated. We're at 379. Can we get to 500 likes in the next, like, minute? I think we can. I mean, just do it for Dennis. Don't don't even do it for me. Do Don't even do it for Joel. For Dennis, say hi to Aaron Bree behind me. Um, anyway, thanks to our guest, Mee Schneider. Thanks to all of you in our chat. As always, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. I will make the same call to action that I made yesterday. If you are a Robinhood user and you want some free Benzinga swag, here's what you have to do you go on your Robinhood app, you send Robinhood support a message. You tell them how much you love Benzinga News. You want to see more Benzinga News in Robinhood. You take a screenshot of that message, and you email that screenshot to shows at Benzinga.com. Do not do what some people did, which is email us a blank screenshot or email us a screenshot of YouTube. I don't want a screenshot of YouTube. I, I see YouTube. Send me a screenshot of your message to Robinhood to the email up on the screen. We will send you some free swag. Our email, we have like a freaking 100 emails here we have to go through and uh and respond to so if you emailed us we got it we didn't respond to it yet but we got it 
I promise. Um, and we will get we, we will get you some swag. Uh, on that note, I'll see you guys over in a live trading starting in a couple of minutes. Hit the like button, please. And uh, let's go make some money today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.